Thank you. Hello? It's good to be here. This is my first proper 5.30 church, so, well, now that I'm a member here, it's exciting. Hey, before I begin, I'm just going to pray for us. Um, Father, we thank you that you have gathered us here together tonight. We thank you that you are with us. Father, I pray that by your spirit, you would speak powerfully through me. You would be at work in the words that I say, and you'll be at work in all our hearts, that you would change us, you would transform us to be more like your son. Lord, please use tonight um, for things that will matter into eternity. Father, we thank you that you are with us. Amen. So it is a, um, it's a new year. It's 2018. It's a new year. It's no longer 2017. And one thing that always happens at the new year is there's a whole bunch of quotes that come out about the new year. And my favorite, or my least favorite, is this one. You've probably heard of it. It's New Year, New Me. Have you heard of that one? Who's heard of that one? Everyone? Good. Um, <laughs> and it's a quote that really annoys me. And I think it annoys a lot of people. But the reason why it annoys me is because deep down, I know, I think we all know, it's not true. Right? There's something nice about it, but it's not true. What we, what we know is reality is it's New Year, same me. And the problem with last year wasn't the year, it was me. And if I'm the one that continues into next year, and I could screw up last year, I could probably screw up this year as well. So I find it a really annoying quote. But there's something about it that I really like. There's something about it that's really admirable. There's something about it that is an attitude of saying, I might have been here then, and I might be here now, but I don't have to stay here. I don't have to remain where I am. I can change. I can grow. I can be someone different. You know, I might know a lot now, but I can know more. I mean, I might have freedom in Christ now, but I can have more freedom, more grace, more love. I don't have to stay where I am. I can grow and I can change. And I think that's a really great attitude. That's a great thing for us to have as Christians as we enter the new year. What I often find in January is, you know, we set up all these New Year's resolutions. And January, I think if you have a New Year's resolution, January is the really fun month. Because in January, maybe you've decided, like Matt has, that you're going to go to the gym and you're going to get ripped and you're going to lose weight and you're going to get fitter. January is the month where you go to Rebel Sport and you buy a new pair of shoes and you buy a new gym get up and you think about what your year is going to look like. Like, I'm going to go to the gym like four times a week. And you think about how good you're going to feel and, and how much better your life's going to be. And it's just going to work out so well. January is an exciting month. And then you face the really harsh reality. You go to the gym once and it hurts. And you come back and you look in the mirror and you're like exactly the same. And you step on the scales and you still weigh the same. And you're like, come on, I went once. I thought that now I would be stronger. Now I'd be fitter, now I'd be better, but in fact, now I just feel weaker because my body just hurts. And I think what, we have, what happens throughout January is we begin to learn something about the idea of growth. We begin to learn that growth is slow and painful. And if you don't believe me, you can ask a teenager. If you don't believe a teenager, you can ask your teenage self. I can say this, the youth minister. I do love teenagers, but I wouldn't want to be a teenager again. Sorry to the... Two teenagers, that are, three teenagers, they're here. I wouldn't want to be a teenager again because when you're a teenager, you're in a state of growth and you're not quite where you want to be. You're not quite your completed self. You're growing. Your body is changing and growing. Your identity and your character is changing and growing. And if we're honest, it's an uncomfortable period of time. 
And when we're in this period of time, for all the good things that it has, we just want to be on the other side. We want to already be grown. We want to be like the people who are already grown up, who are older. I think as we realize when we're adults, we've got to the other side of being a teenager, but we still don't feel like we're there yet. We still don't feel fully complete, and we just want to be on the other side. We want to be on a place where none of the worries of our life will affect us anymore, when we'll be fully grown and fully formed, and we'll be all that we could be, and we just want to be on the other side of growth. And when, I was, when I was younger, I wanted to learn how to play guitar, and my parents, being the loving parents they are, said, okay, we'll, we'll buy them a guitar. They bought me a guitar, they got me a guitar instructor. And it didn't take me long to realize that I didn't want to learn how to play guitar. I just wanted to play guitar. But I didn't want to have to deal with the process of getting there. So I still can't play guitar, which is a shame. I would love to be able to, but I can't. Because we want to be on the other side of growth. We want the end result, but we're not willing to accept the means of getting there. Because that means is slow and it's painful. And even though it's really hard... I think this is a mindset we should have as Christians. A new year, a new me. We should have a growth mindset, not just to the new year, but to life. As Vanessa said, every day, every day seeking to grow. It's difficult. It's hard. It's going to feel slow, like you're not getting anywhere every now and then. But it's worth it, and it's the mentality I think we should have. That's the mentality that we should take out with us into this week. Whether we're going to work or going to uni or we're still on holidays. Whether we're just meeting up with a friend or talking to a family member. In every single situation we find ourselves in, to think, how can I grow in this situation? How can I use this situation to bring glory to Christ? That's the mindset that I think we should have every day as Christians. And that's something that we're going to be just talking about for the next as 15 or so minutes. And it brings us to the book of Zechariah. Now we've got to somehow bring these two together. They do come together. <laughs> so if you look at the context of Zechariah, right? Zechariah is a prophet, and he's writing to the Israelites. And the Israelites at this point of history have just come back from exile. They've been in exile for 70 years, and they've finally come back to Jerusalem. And they have come back with the promise that Jerusalem is going to be like the new center of the world. The nations are going to flock to it. It's going to be a prosperous and vibrant city that's going to bless the entire world. And the temple is going to be rebuilt. And it's going to be better than it was before. You read the accounts of what the temple looked like in the Old Testament, and it's a remarkable building. This one is going to be better. And so the Israelites come back with this promise, and then they're faced with the harsh reality they look around, Jerusalem's not this vibrant, flourishing city, it's, it's in ruins, it's being rebuilt, there's not much going on here. They look at the temple, and those that had seen the temple before they went into exile begin to weep and mourn because it's nowhere near as good as it was. And they begin to look around, they're discontented, they're unsatisfied, they're angry, frustrated and impatient, and they're looking around and going, God, where are your promises? You promised us this, didn't you? You promised us that it would be good. You promised us this would be amazing. And look at it. That's not what you promised. Have you, you, have you given up? You know, 70 years in exile and you've forgotten about what you promised us? Have you just left us? Where are you? What are you doing here? I think if we're honest, that's not just the state of heart of the Israelites. I think that's something that we have 
now as Christians, isn't it? I think we've all been there. I think if we're honest, maybe some of us are there right now. We're sitting here and, you know, we've been faithfully following Jesus for however many years and we're beginning to wonder, these promises, God, these things that I've been holding on to, I feel like I'm losing my grasp. Like, are they going to come about? Am I going to be able to experience them? I mean, you said bread of life will never go hungry. Living water will never be thirsty again. You said a peace that transcends understanding. I don't feel this. Or, or the, the, these sins in our lives, we thought by now we would have mastered them a bit better, but we haven't and we're plagued by them. God, where are you? Are you even at work in my life? I think that's a state we find ourselves in. And this is what God is speaking to the Israelites then and I think to us now. He says this in verse 10. I think it's going to come up on the screen behind. Maybe not. Maybe it is. Cool. It's there. There we go. Verse 10. This is what God says. Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen handstone, capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. God says, one day I will complete it. In fact, he's saying one day Zerubbabel, who is building the temple, will complete it. One day he will have the capstone and he will complete what he has been building. And on that day, the whole world will rejoice. God is saying, I'm faithful to my promises. You can count on me. I will come through. I will be there. I will finish all that I have started. I am still at work. I have not forgotten you. But right now, right now, today, you need to trust me in the building stages. You need to trust me as I build what I set out to make. You need to trust me. It may look like the growth is slow. It may feel painful, but you know I'm going to build it. And right now, you've got to trust me in the everyday as I build what I've set out to build. Do not despise the day of small things. It's a really funny thing for God to tell a human, isn't it? I mean, what is God? God is infinite. What does that mean? He's massive. What are we? We're finite. In the scheme of things, what are we? We're very small. Yet the infinite God has to tell the finite human not to, be, not to despise what is small. I think as you go through life and as you grow up and as you get older and bigger and maybe as you grow in prominence and power, you tend to look down and get rid of the small things. You're too busy. You're too important. You're too big for the little things. Yet what does God say? Hey, I'm not despising these little things. Who are you to despise what I rejoice in? The infinite God rejoices in the small things and he has to remind us to do the same. I love how this just plays out in our life. I don't think I need to tell you. I think you probably already know. But our lives on a whole are really quite small. You know, there are big days, there are big moments. I think being born is a big moment because it's on that premise that I have my entire life. That's a big moment. I think maybe when you turn 18 or you turn 21, that's a big moment. Or you get married, you have a kid. That day you meet that friend. The day you decide to come to church. You know, these days, they're, they're big moments. But in a life, if we live 85 years, that's 31,025 days. How many of those days are really big moments? Maybe 1%. If that, really, that's still 
300 or so days. If we're honest, our day-to-day lives are full of small, almost mundane moments. We wake up, we grab a coffee, we head on to work, we commute, we catch the train. Our days are full of talking with each other, walking places, getting things done. And life can sometimes just seem mundane and small. Yet this is what Almighty God says. God doesn't think those days, small as they may be, are insignificant. He looks upon our faith, which may be small, and he looks upon our growth to be more like Jesus, and that may be slow, and he still rejoices in the process. And he is telling us that your life will, be, will prove to be far more influential than you'll ever know in this time on earth. Because what he is building in you is far greater than you. Do not despise the day of small things. Instead, what I think we should do is I think we should be on the lookout for growth in our life. Instead of thinking this is a small day, it's not worth it, this is just an insignificant moment, to think, hey, God is doing something here. He has not abandoned me. How can I look for growth Maybe there's a breakthrough that's come through in your life. You need to rejoice in that and be thankful that God has grown you enough in this moment to have that breakthrough. That he has been at work, even in the frustrating times, growing in you a character. Look for the silver lining when life just feels like a rain cloud. We know that God will complete what he has started. And because he will complete what he has started, we can rejoice in the process because we have the assurance of the end result. And so right now, we need to pay attention to the growth that God is growing within us because he will make us the best us we can be, make you the best you that you can be. I think sometimes I can hear something like that and it just sort of makes me feel tired it makes me feel a bit helpless. Sometimes we can hear something like that and all we can see is our own brokenness, our own sinfulness, and our own inability to be the person that we want to be. Like, it sounds great to grow, but I know I'm weak. And I know I will fail, and I know that I'm not going to get there. And if that's where you are now, let's listen to the word of the Lord spoken to Zerubbabel. Because I think about if if you're building the temple that is going to be the temple that is going to bless the world, that's a really daunting, big task. That's the sort of task that would lead you curled up in bed, just avoiding it because you're not going to be able to complete it anyway. Yet this is what God says to Zerubbabel then and what he says to us today. Verse 6, he says this. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Isn't that beautiful? What God is saying is when when the task at hand is overwhelming, when it seems like there is just a mountain in front of you and you don't even begin to know how to climb it, He's giving us peace and assurance. He's saying, do not be defeated. Do not mourn. And don't try and attack it on your own. Don't try by your own strength. Don't try by your own might or your own stubbornness and your strength of will because you will fail. Instead, come to me. Trust me. I made you. I love you. I know you. And I am at work in you and through you and for you. Move with me, not on your own strength. For it is only by the God's Spirit that this is accomplished. We need to draw near to God 
We need to find our strength and our joy and our reason and our passion in Him. And with that joy and with that spirit, move forward. What then is the mountain? It will become level ground before us. I want to end with just three really practical things that I would love for us to be doing as a community. And these are things I'm going to be trying and instilling into my life as well. So it would be great if you could ask me how I'm going at it. But also ask each other and let's, let's really try and do this this year. The first one is this. It's very simple. When you wake up in the morning, I want you to pray this really simple prayer. I want you to get up and I want you to just go, God, today, please make me more like your son. Please teach me today. That's pretty simple, right? It's not going to take up too much of your day. But just start your day with that growth aspect in mind that you want to grow, that you want to be changed, you want to be more like Jesus. That's number one. Step two, pay attention. I want you to pay attention to what God is doing in your life, how God is working in you and around you. I want you to be on the lookout for opportunities to to show part of your character, to show who Jesus is making you be. Look for opportunities and pay attention to all God is teaching you. And just like a disclaimer here, if you're really trying to work on patience and you're asking God, God, please make me patient, I reckon the chances are you're probably going to get hit with a traffic jam. What a better opportunity to practice patience, right? And if you want to, God, I want to be able to love people more, you're going to get a really difficult person to love come into your life. And God's going to teach you through that person how to love. Because that's where we grow, isn't it? We grow in these times. So don't say I didn't warn you. (laughs) And after we've paid attention, I want us to come back in that moment, or maybe that night, and I want us to just pray another really simple prayer. Just go, Father, thank you for growing me. Thank you for teaching me this today or in my life. And just reflect on what God has done for you that day or that moment or that week. And you'll get to the end of the year and you'll see all that God has done through all 365 days. Wouldn't that be amazing? And the third thing, I'd love for us to reflect on this quote. This is a quote that really struck me earlier this year. It's been a big part of my vocabulary if you've been talking to me over the last year. Um, but it's by this French like, philosopher, mathematician, scientist, everything he's probably done. His name's Blaise Pascal, and he writes this in his book. He goes, little things console us because little things afflict us. Little things console us because little things afflict us. And I love the truth that's conveyed in this. Like if you ask anyone who's got a great friend or in a relationship, you ask them, what do you love about your friend? And they'll probably go, oh, it's the little things that they do. It's the little way they do this. That's what gives us so much joy and love for someone, isn't it? But then you ask the same question. What annoys you about your friend? Oh, it's just the little things that they do. It's the little way they do that. It gives us pain and frustration as well. See, we're very quick to dismiss little things, but they can have so much power over how we relate to each other and how we feel in our day-to-day life. So I want us to accept the fact that our lives are made up of a whole series of really little and small moments. And we might think these small moments are insignificant, but God doesn't. In fact, he thinks they're incredibly valuable. He rejoices in them. So how can we harness those little moments and use them to draw near to God, to love him, and to love the people around us. And that might look incredibly simple. 
Maybe sometime in the last week, you thought of texting someone just to maybe say thank you or just maybe give them a little encouragement. And you thought, ah, it doesn't really matter. They're probably busy. When you get a text like that, it does matter. You feel it. Let's, Let's love each other with just the little things we have, the little time that we have. And not despise the day of small things, but in fact rejoice in them and use them for the benefit of each other, for this church, for this community, this world, as we serve and seek to follow Jesus. I'm going to pray for us, and the band's going to come up as well. Father, I thank you so much that even though you are so big and so vast and so beyond our comprehension, you do not see our life as insignificant or small or weak. In fact, you at work through us by your Spirit use our life for so much more than we could ever achieve on our own. Even in the littleness of our day-to-day lives, you are at work and you are using these little tiny moments for something so much bigger, something we might never fully get our head around. Father, I pray for us who are struggling as we, as we seek to grow and trust you in our life circumstance. Maybe things aren't quite what we want them to be and we're not quite where we hoped we would be by now. Father, please help us to trust you that one day you will complete what you have started. You are working now. We are not going backwards. We are moving forward by your spirit. Father, help us to move from strength to strength, grace to grace, freedom to freedom. Help us to know more about who we are in your love to love you more and be more like you every day. Amen.